Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Was that a theme? I'm, I'm a British policeman. Okay. It's got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but, but <laughs> you know how it is. I don't. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, sir. It's a lot of fun to say. Give it a go. Hello, hello, hello. No, you kind of wrong. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. How much fun is it? I've had better times. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, sex is great, but have you ever said hello, hello, hello? Don't, well, don't know much about either. No. Uh, how you been this week? Okay, okay. How was your movie-going experience this morning? Yes, yeah. So this morning uh, I got to... I keep forgetting the name of this show, Sherlock Gnomes, mm. which, uh, you know, kids movie. It's fine. The, the kid enjoyed it. She sat through the whole thing. So. Oh, you took your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. Um, yeah, my wife's out of town. She's been out of town for, Jesus, three days now. It, it feels, it feels endless. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on solo dadding duties. So it's it's been tough. <laughs> you know, I've been trying to make good choices, but I did get sucked into the advertising the other night for Domino's and I saw the hot dog. Stuffed crust pizza, and it was the worst decision I've ever made in my life. I could have told you that wasn't going to end well. Having said that, if Domino's is looking to sponsor a podcast, oh mate, I love your hot dog (laughs) stuffed pizza. Only made me puke twice. So (laughs) didn't taste at all like fermented cardboard. Well, actually, I mean, it did. But (laughs) we love you, Domino's. product uh but i mean uh, yeah so yeah apart from uh, sherlock gnomes what else did we catch this week we both got to a quiet place we really did we really really did what what kind of session did you end up going to for this uh lunchtime was it fairly quiet <laughs> oh see yeah the pun intended. i'm sorry <laughs> oh that's painful <laughs> uh it was i would call it an averagely attended session well, that's good. That's that's something. Were people loud or were they respectful of the environment? They were respectful of the environment. That's good. Because I went to like a 3 p.m. weekday session, which I was like, awesome. It'll be nice and quiet. Turns out people are fucking animals. <laughs> it's school holidays, isn't it? Oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Easter holidays. I had people coming in like, you know, I, no joke, 25 minutes into the movie. Not, not like the credits. I mean, after the movie started. They didn't buy a ticket. They it's- came out of one cinema. No. Were like- an usher led them in, which oh. was super annoying, because then, of course, the usher's talking to them, shining their little torch around like they're fucking king of the theatre. It was it was horrendous. You should have unleashed a heart-of-seeing monster <laughs> on them. Yeah, I, sh- I should have, for sure. All right, so A Quiet Place, directed by John Krasinski, written by Brian Woods and Scott Beck and John Krasinski, although Krasinski credited with an A and D and not an ampersand. Do you know the difference? I've never thought of it. Well, here's a fun fact for you. Ampersand means that they were they wrote together as a team. They're credited as one single entity. If you've got an and, an A and D, it means that you came on after as a script doctor or, or as a rewrite, basically. Right. So, Brian Woods and Scott Beck wrote this, sold it as a spec script to the studio. They hired Krasinski and he decided to do a rewrite. That's where the money is, isn't it? That is where the money is. Yeah. So, fun fact, I learned that from my good friend Keating Thomas at, at Film Snuff. So, have you listened to them? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're awesome. You should, yeah. check, you should check them out, everybody. They, they take like, you know, really highly praised movies and just tear the crap out Dump of them. Dump on it. It's, it's really fun. And even, uh, the fun thing about them is that even when they're dumping on something that you genuinely cherish, yeah. it's still fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. Especially when you're like, 
yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, lo- I love chasing Amy, but they're so right. <laughs> uh, so, set in a dystopian future where the world is overrun with vicious monsters that hunt only by sound, a man and his family do their best to survive. Would you say that's a fair synopsis? Yep. Fair enough. So starring John Krasinski and his real-life wife, Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, and Noah Jupe. Uh, made on a budget of only $17 million and produced by Michael Bay. Huh. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Michael Bay. We love Michael Bay. <laughs> Can't get enough of that Transformers shit. But interesting that he's producing something like this. Yeah. I'm, I missed that in the, in the credits. I didn't Shocking, know that until huh? you said it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, hit us up. Give us your thoughts. Well, I know what you think of it. How do you know what I think of it? Because you said so on Instagram. I didn't think you ever looked at our Instagram. I don't. (laughs) I looked at it once just because there was a notification on my phone and you're like, Topher won't check this. I loved it. I know, yeah. Well, because I posted a meme about it, about A a Quiet Place, and a good friend of the show, Paul, from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast over in Perth, he commented saying how good it was, and and I nearly didn't write back, but I was like, oh, Topher won't check this, and I even said that in the comment, but yep, guess you Almost every week you would have been right. I done goofed up. Oh, and I'll never check it again. <laughs> well, I'll never post on it again. Uh, yeah, so so there, there you go. So you, should you I know now, I loved it. Do you want to be held in suspense for the rest of this as to what I think of it? or No, I want you to just give it to me. Give it to me hard. So I, my, my expectations were set at liking this movie. Yeah. And I do like this movie. Okay. My, probably my the, the way I was kind of breaking it down was that I, I was expecting that I would like this film with an with a strong like. Yeah, yeah. As it is, I like this movie. Wow. Okay, well let's start with the acting because the acting is I think very, very strong in this movie. Literally six actors in the entire cast. And I thought the acting was great. So Millicent Simmons, who plays the daughter Reagan, uh, so she is actually a deaf actress, which John Krasinski really advocated for. He was very strong on that. I applaud that. Yeah. Um, and so she was actually a large part of teaching the rest of the cast ASL, American Sign Language, uh, which apparently, actually, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like any other language, it has its own slang and emphasis and stuff. And so John Krasinski really wanted, he wanted his character to be very direct with his signing and he wanted Emily Blunt to be a bit more uh, nurturing and taking her time in what she was saying because he felt that that suited the characters. And I've actually seen some comments from deaf moviegoers about how great that was. And when they usually see actors doing sign language, it's very technical and doesn't yeah. have that kind of heart to it. Yep. So I thought that was awesome. That I remember was- when I found out that there, was, that there wasn't a universal sign language and I was like, oh, well, of course there's not. Yeah. But until I found out, I just, I, I just assumed there was- Sign language because different languages sound different to us. Even though I don't know what a French person is saying, I can tell it's French. That's true. Yep. I was like, you idiot. Of course there's different (laughs) sign languages. (laughs) Um, She's excellent though. She was she was really really strong. Um, I actually thought the whole cast was. I mean, John. If you've ever seen The Office, you know that John Krasinski knows how to emote using only his face. Uh, You know, Jim face is pretty like he knows what he's doing. So I, you know, it was a good choice. And I mean Emily Blunt is a is a gun. Yeah, see I'm I'm I like Emily Blunt as a person. I've never really been like a giant oh I'm in love with Emily Blunt kind of fan. I'm a giant Emily Blunt. Like I think she was dudded of an Oscar nomination for Sicario. I think she's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well she was certainly fantastic in this. My only thing with 
Um, and I haven't seen The American Office. I know who John Krasinski is. I've seen him in a couple of things, and I find him, as most people I assume do, insanely likable. Yes. My only thing with him being in this film, like, he's really good, but he's got, like, John Krasinski's face just puts you at ease. <laughs> it's <laughs> so true, it does. Krasinski in a horror film, like, I like it because it makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to be scared. <laughs> but, of course- but for the purposes of the horror film, I'm like... Ah, everything's going to be okay because John Krasinski's here. <laughs> yeah, but I'm okay with that because that's the character. He's. It's not like he's playing a you know vicious murderer or something. He's playing a father who cares about his kids and he's trying to look after his family. So, to me, I like. I'd want to feel comforted. So, so I was all right with that. I tell you one thing. I really liked at the early stages of the film. There's a shot, uh, and there's spoilers coming up. Everyone, um, as the Always, always is. That's what we this. do. You don't want spoilers. <laughs> Probably don't listen to us. So right at the beginning of the film is that scene from the trailer where the kid's walking along and his space shuttle goes off. Yeah, right. Well, and see, if- I haven't seen the trailer because oh, I don't. Right. I don't watch trailers. Okay, so that scene on the bridge is in the trailer. Right. Okay. And uh, it it cuts as Krasinski's running back to the kid. So you don't know what. And in the trailer, the you're assuming, of course. Oh wow! I wonder how this looks pretty dire. I wonder how it is that this kid doesn't get horribly murdered by a monster. But he does get horribly murdered by a monster. Yeah, he does. He does. He gets horribly murdered by a monster. And then for some reason, they go back for seconds. <laughs> they decide, you know what? Let's bring a kid into this crazy world. I did question that decision. But I mean, I'm like, childbirth is one of the loudest acts that a person can engage in. <laughs> like, there's nothing quiet about the act of childbirth. I question that decision. Yeah, I've got a. I question that scene. The childbirth scene. The childbirth scene. scene. Yeah, because as a parent, it felt pretty unrealistic. There's a bunch about that scene that's good. Oh, yeah. Like, Blunt, the camera just being on Blunt in the bathtub, like, she's she's awesome. She's amazing. But then just just the fact that it works out, I was just like, nah. Yeah, I mean, I was was invested in the movie, so I was all right with that suspension of disbelief, but it certainly required suspension of disbelief because the idea that, that the fireworks are enough to distract the monster from what is happening in the exact room that it's in, where a newborn child is crying. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's which that's I not going to. If happen. you're a monster, newborns probably oh. a delicacy. Oh, of course, it'd be, be so tender. It's like veal, exactly. <laughs> so speaking of where they live, you know, um, rockets going out in the fields and everything. This house is surrounded by fields of corn. Of course, it is. It's a horror film. Why is corn scary? Because it is. Corn is inherently scary. It has been probably before Children of the Corn, but at least since then. Yeah. Why is it scary? I don't know. And it's it's like half of the fucking United States. <laughs> They're mad about their corn. <laughs> it probably- not Kevin Smith. Not Kevin Smith. <laughs> He'd never eaten it before last week. But it's got to be like- I mean, honestly, it's got to cover at least, what, 40% of the states is just corn. This is my imagination of the states. No, I think, I think that's factual. Yeah, I think, like, so you could probably, you know, step out onto the street, throw a stone, you'd hit a cornfield, is my kind Oh, yeah. Of 42nd Street. Oh, yeah. Largely corn. Covered in Famously. corn. Famously. Yeah. Mate, yeah, you go, like, downtown Manhattan, nothing but corn. Nothing but corn. <laughs> I don't, yeah, why? I don't know. It's a weird thing about corn being scary, but it is. I think, I think it's because it's so tall. Like it is, if you're in a cornfield, you can't see anything, and it rustles. It makes a lot of noise, so you can't. I mean, either you hear things because everything's rustling. So if someone's running through corn, you hear it, 
or in a movie like this, that's the opposite of what you want. So, yeah, I, I corn is just terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We get more corn in a silo, which is a really cool set piece. Yeah, yeah, the silo was really cool because silos are fucking deadly. If you fall into a silo, chances are you drown in it. Like, yeah. And they so- can explode. I didn't know that. Fla- ones with flour in it, if, if somehow like a spark goes off, it's like a stick of dynamite, well, except a lot bigger. Well, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, not that I was going to go silo diving before, but you've convinced me I'm definitely not going to do that. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, there's kind of a cool Jurassic Park nod. In that scene where, like, you replace the T-Rex with the monster and the window shield with the yeah. that bit of metal they've got. That was cool. I thought the cinematography and direction throughout the whole thing was very, very strong. And Krasinski, you know, this is our, you know, second horror movie in as many years that was smashed out of the park by someone who's known for comedy. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because, like, horror movies are usually seen as, like, like a starting point, like, for debut directors. But this is Krasinski's third film. So, for him to go to a horror was... An interesting choice, and I thought he did really well. I could have had less close-ups in it. Yeah? Like, I mean, yeah, sure, a bunch of the times in horror films you don't have a lot of wide shots because the whole point is that you can't see the rest of the room so you don't know what's there, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure, I get it. I just could have done with a little bit more space around I the characters. That. No, you make a good point because traditionally in horror movies too, I mean, it obviously you do have close-ups, but you have quite a lot of wides as well to force you to look around the frame and think about what might be behind them and stuff. So, mm. yeah, that's a good point I hadn't thought of. Did you like the monsters? I did like the design of the monsters. I thought they were very, very well done. I thought ILM crushed the visual effects in this. Yeah, I thought the monsters were cool. Did you dig them? I liked the effects, like the look of- So, ILM's work on it, yeah, I think they're very good. For me, it falls into that massive pile of the monster was better before you saw it. The idea of the monster, as tends to be the case, Yeah, the idea of the monster is scarier than the monster. Did you think the design was derivative? I Yeah, I did a bit. And that whole head coming away in pieces type thing. All oh, of, like the, yeah, because it did do the, the kind of flower I type wasn't look. into that. Really, okay. what it, really what it made me think of was, and I haven't seen the film you have, in Transformers The Last Night, where I assume it's Cybertron, like, coming to pieces to I, swallow the Earth or something. I have that's, blocked that out from my memory. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought, though, that it had a, a really good sense of uh, timing and tension and suspense. Like, it, it isn't balls-to-the-wall horror, but when it ramps up, I found it really ramped up. Did you actually get scared? Yeah, occasionally. Not a ton. Yeah. Because one of the things that I think is good about the film is that there's a couple of, oh, yeah, jump scare and it was a bloody raccoon. I was like, of course it was a fucking raccoon. <laughs> fucking horror films. <laughs> but that's not that's not most of the film. Most of the film is a family drama slash survival story. And the film, thankfully, has legs other than just trying to scare you. Yeah, and it's quite short, really. It, was, it must have been just under 90 minutes, I think. So how, like, going into the film, well, for, for people who did see the trailer before they saw the movie- you know about the fact that they can't make noise. Did you think that the... I mean, it's kind of a gimmick. It's a really well-executed one. How did you find the whole setup? Yeah, so I actually didn't know that coming into it. I I literally knew nothing about it other than directed by John Krasinski, who I really like. I really like horror movies, so I was really looking forward to it. So I didn't know anything going into it. And yeah, I thought it was well, really well executed. I've seen people throw around like that this is a silent film. And, like, I want to argue with that, like, big time because apart from anything, the soundscape 
and the sound design is actually really important in this movie. Like they make a really great use of that girl being deaf by when you see things from her point of view, the sound does cut. And, you know, like in that scene on the bridge where, you know, you just see everybody else's faces reacting to the kid turning the rocket on and you don't actually hear the rocket at first. You just see John Krasinski start running from her point of view. Like that was really, really well done, you know. And there's actually a lot of dialogue. Yeah, not to mention there's talking in it. Well, and not not just talking, but even, you know, the ASL is dialogue. Like it's not like there's no dialogue in this movie. There's a lot in it. Most of it is just not verbalized. No, I I thought that was cool. Uh, Having seen the trailer- was it what you expected and were you cool with it? Yeah, it's it's what the – yeah, the, it delivered on the trailer. And I, I thought it was a cool, for lack of a better word, it was a cool gimmick setup yeah. type thing. Um, and it was well executed. With the, with the sound design, I think I'd have enjoyed it more if they'd gone even sparser. Yeah, okay. With it. So that when there is a noise, when someone, for instance, drops a photo frame, I'd have actually liked it if that wasn't really loud. Okay. Which and I it, it it is effective when you know you hear it and you know that that's a big deal and you're like yeah, oh because the monsters shit. are gonna come. <laughs> I just wonder if it could have been really cool if everything like you you still hear everything but you just hear it quietly. Yeah, okay. And then you hear something that's not even that loud, but I wonder if it would have worked that it still would have triggered that old yeah. shit thing, even if it wasn't that loud, but you know it's loud enough. Yeah. What were your thoughts on it having a score? As I was watching it, there was one point, um, maybe a third of the way into the film or something, where I thought this would have been really cool if they went with no music. Because from what I read, originally it was intended to not have one. And when John Krasinski took on the project, he was the one that rallied for it to have a score because he felt it would better add tension. I I enjoyed the score, but I would like to see a scoreless version. Yeah, yeah. See, my, yeah, my thing is not a criticism of the score itself. I think it is good. Yeah. I just wonder- Wow, it how could have been real if, be. if, like I was talking about with the sound design. I wonder how cool it could have been if you really did just strip away as much as you can audio-wise. Yeah, so that yeah. then every little thing sounds a lot louder than it is to really give. Yeah, even I, though you haven't actually ramped up the yeah. volume of anything until you know something like a firework. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I, I like that idea because it is it, like you don't really get that sense of how loud is too loud. How did you feel about the world building, like this universe we're kind of thrown into, where these monsters are present? I I, I thought I I didn't need I didn't need to know anything. Yeah, there was nothing left that I was like, oh, they should have told us this. I don't. I wouldn't have liked anything else explained. But I guess for me, there are actually only three days in this film, so we launch straight into day eighty nine, and I'm cool with that. I don't need to see the start or anything. You know, we get a few kind of newspaper clippings at one point. That's fine. That's all I need. After day 89, which is where the kid dies, you jump straight to like day 400 and something. And then, you know, there's a bit of action that day. And then you get like two days later or something, which the bulk of the film is set on that one day. I would have liked just maybe one or two days that didn't have a whole lot of action. Like it, like that we're not seeing it because something happens, that we're just kind of seeing it to see how these people live regularly. That's that the only thing yeah. I would have dug. No, that could have been good. Because especially because it is such a short movie, I feel like you could have done that with just an extra 15, 20 minutes even. Just to, not, I'd, Yeah, I'd say not even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, just, just a day without action where we just see, okay, this is the world these people live in. Because we actually didn't really get that at yeah. all. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Them going, just going about their business a bit, quite, you know, I was going to say quietly going about their business, quite quite literally. Yes. So, and then it may, yeah, that may have actually helped possibly the, when when you do get 
to a flashpoint when you do get to a noise. Yes. It really has it's even further set apart from everything you've already experienced then. Yeah. Which is like, you know, we're a week away from me saying I wanted a heap more world building in Ready Player One. But that's because you're in a completely different environment. Whereas completely in this different. you're just on a farm. Yeah. Just that something's happened. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we don't need world building for the the environment. Well, that's the thing. This is only, I think this was 2020, they say. So, you know, we're only talking two years in the future. And the only thing that's changed about the world is the monsters. Yep. And I'm happy, I'm fine not knowing where they came from and stuff. Yeah, Ready- like how are you going to explain that anyway? Exactly. You know, Ready Player One was a totally different case because we're talking so far in the future. So many things have changed about the world. It's almost a different planet. Like that, you know, that was a different case. I like that we got a Neil Young song. Not my favourite Neil Young song by any stretch, but I was like, hey, if you're going to splash out and have some noise in a film, it might as well be Neil Young. Bravo. <laughs> Good on you, Neil. <laughs> yeah, so the only thing that I would say is that, honestly, don't see this in a cinema if you can avoid it. You know, like looking back at like Annihilation, which we were really bummed about because we couldn't have the cinema experience. I actually feel like this would be better in that environment where you're in your own home and you just kind of focus on the TV and you don't have all that noise and distraction around you. Do you agree? I, I find with watching horror films at home, I think the cinema's a better experience because at home you've got an out. You yeah, can get up, right. you can walk over there and pour yourself a glass of water or something. You've got that circuit breaker, oh, but whereas I, in a cinema you don't. But I love that feeling of getting completely terrified. Oh, we're different people. I love that feeling. Like This is going to sound ridiculous. On Friday night, because my wife was out of town- <laughs> I, I told Topher that as a joke, I was going to start my own podcast called Billy Creeps You Out, which just the name I think is funny, where I read scary stories. And I, I recorded an episode and I literally scared myself. I had to sleep with the lights on from, <laughs> just, from, just from reading this. And it wasn't even that well written, the story. <laughs> but I love that feeling. I, you know, like I will often, if I'm home alone, horror is the first thing I jump to is a horror movie because I'm like, yep, this is what I need right now. Oh, well, I I would rather have seen, I'm glad I saw it in a cinema just because I think that movies are better. Like there's nothing like seeing movies in cinemas. It's just, I agree. I mean, trust me, I'm the biggest cinema advocate out there. I love the cinema, but maybe it was just the session I was in, you know, I was in a shitty neighborhood. So, you know, you got rat bags running around talking. (laughs) Then you got dickheads like me who order a burger to be brought into the cinema. Just creeping people out. (laughs) So all in all, it definitely sounds like I enjoyed it more than you. So where are you? What are you like a five? Six. A six. Okay. That's reasonable. It's a, Positive movie experience for me. I Yep, I enjoyed it. Okay, predictably I'm higher than you. I'm in an eight. I, I thought it was really, really great. I definitely recommend seeing it. It's a recommendation from me. Yeah, and I mean, I liked it, so you don't have to be a horror person to like it. Yeah. All right, sweet. Awesome. That's it for us. You I got think- no. Any, any <laughs> tangents you feel we missed? Oh, uh, what could we talk about? And we're wrapping this up. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, we, what are we getting to next week? Uh, we think it's going to be blockers. Yeah. Which- Possibly blockers. <laughs> we don't eat, know for it'll, certain. It'll either be blockers or Isle of Dogs. We'll get to one of them. It'll depend on how the schedule shakes have you, out. Have you seen a trailer for blockers? Uh, it does not look good. It looks horrible. It looks really The only really reason terrible. I decided I wanted to see it was that then it screened at South by Southwest. Yeah. And apparently everyone came out going, well, that was a lot better than we thought it was going to be. He's hoping it is surprisingly good because it doesn't look it. <laughs> Looks like a puddle of shit. <laughs> but I love Leslie Mann. 
I quite enjoy John Cena and Ike Barinholtz as well. So John Cena, I haven't seen him in March, but I, I remember seeing him in. I can't actually think what it was that I saw him in and went, "Oh wow, I wasn't expecting you to be any good at all." But <laughs> you're kind of good at this. Yeah, he was all right. <laughs> so who knows? In the meantime, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that at wewatchthething at gmail.com or at wewatchthething.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at wewatchthething. And if you like what we're doing, please tell a friend about the show, share the word. It, it really helps. Give us a rating on iTunes, all that kind of junk. I know everybody says it, but we're your favorites. <laughs> Especially Creepy Billy. Yeah, you got to love when Billy creeps you out. <laughs> Gadgets. Happy movie watching, everyone. Oh,